Your first day at United then, what was it like walking in? The first time I'd met everyone, it was very much like undercover. Like we did a load of like video shoots, a load of photo shoots, like out and about in Manchester. And I remember the day that it got posted, I got about 10,000 followers on Instagram. Millions and millions of girls out there now want to become a professional footballer, want to walk the path where you're walking. Just, just briefly go through an average day for a professional footballer at Leicester or in the WSL. What does the day look like? I think every team at the start always says, oh, it's one family, togetherness and all this. But this is the first time, genuinely, I've we've been through defeats, we've been through tough times. And every time we stick together, we come out stronger. And then I remember texting my mate like, oh my God, like I'm in the same team as Alex Greenwood. Like, what the hell? <laughs> A massive thank you to the sponsors of This Girl Can Play, the Tranquini Wellness Drink. Welcome to episode four of This Girl Can Play. Leon, we started this podcast. We, we said to ourselves when we started it, if we can get into the WSL on episode 10, 10 we'd 10. have cracked it. Episode four, oh. we're, unbel- we're so excited to welcome Amy Palmer Lester. Amy, how are you? Hiya, I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Very, yeah, very really, well. Really, very really well. excited, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's a little bit overwhelming, really, isn't it? Yeah. Where, we've, uh, where we've moved in such a short space of time. Yeah. So we'll start, Amy, with yourself, um, football-wise. So the reason we started this podcast, Amy, was literally we're two dads of two girls at the age of 11, 12, who are making their way, their football journey. They're playing for sort of county level and they, they have us both, you know, as dads, what what obstacles are going to be away, what hurdles are going to be in place for us, and we had no idea. So we thought, who better to uh-huh. speak to than to the, the inspiration of women like yourself who, who have played the game, who have been through that journey, and for you to share and basically educate us um, as we go. So what are your first memories, Amy, of playing football? Where, where did it begin for yourself? Uh, well, it's interesting you say that. My first memories are with my dad, um, just in the local park, Bivard hoodies, you know, hoodies as goals and just, yeah, just in the local park when I was about four or five years old. Um, and then a lot of my mates at school played as well, so in the playground with them. Um, but yeah, that's really how it started for me. The love for football was definitely with my dad. Would that be majority with lads or did the girls play as well? Um, no, it was uh, definitely with, with the lads uh, when I was younger. It wasn't really... Obviously, nowadays, I think it's more and more young girls are getting involved, but yeah. definitely when I was younger at school, it was just me and the boys. <laughs> and it's, it's, we say, you mentioned there very quickly how, how much it's changed already. So we go on a Saturday morning to watch our girls, and it's, we've mentioned it so many times. Yeah. It's just pitch after pitch after pitch full of, of the girls playing, which is unbelievable to see. And it's, it's been the likes, likes of yourselves that have paved that path for our daughters to go and play. That must be a really proud feeling to know when, when you look at those girls playing now, it's down to players like yourself who, who, are, who basically forced that path for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my little cousin um, back home plays uh, on a Sunday. So when he's had tournaments in the summer, like me and my family will go and watch. And like you said, just pictures and pictures of girls. And uh, at the club that I used to, where I started my journey at, um, there's girls teams that never had that when I was young. So even just to see the likes of that. And my mum works in the local school. So all the girls from her school playing and like if if I turn up they're like oh my god and I'm like I just find it so weird still because I'm just like I'm still that girl the local girl from I went to that school you know I I played with the lads which is slightly different but I I were where like I was where you are now so for me it's still weird but like you say it's yeah it's definitely like an honor to to kind of help strive the way for for young girls. So there's no girls teams around around your area when you started playing? 
Um, when I started, it was, you know, like uh, the academy is kind of like the centre of excellence it was called when I was when I was that age. But your local Sunday league teams, yeah. there was, yeah, it was nothing. No girls teams. It was just a few um, in the lads teams. But even on that, like when I go watch my little cousin play, there is often a few girls with the boys teams as well, yeah, yeah. which I think is unbelievable because that never happened when I was a kid. It was always just me, me and the boys. And our previous guests that have been on, Amy, have mentioned to ourselves that that playing with the boys early on has really sort of helped their physical side of the game. But they thought, you know, they've, even now they, they sort of allow on that experience back in the day when they started. Is that the same for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I could probably get onto it, but my journey in football meant that at the age of 15, 16, I went back to a boys team. And uh, my first game back, I thought, oh, it's going to be interesting because I thought they might just be like, oh, it's a girl, I don't want to go hard. Or I came out the game with a black eye. <laughs> like, just straight, straight in. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely helped in that, that aspect of my game, I think. So let's quickly touch on, what was the very first club you signed for and, and at what age would that have been? Uh, so my first team was just my local Sunday league team, uh, Wyndham Town. I think I was about five when I started. Um, and then from that, I got scouted for the Norwich Centre of Excellence, which is where I stayed up until the age of 15. So what age did you get picked up at Norwich? About five. five? It was young. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was in the under 10s from the age of six. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so your career path, you and Ian Mark then as a, as, as a baller early doors then? Well, I'd like to think so, but <laughs> you'd have to ask them. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, you're playing under 10s in that age, and fantastic. So you're, so you're at Norwich um, the, the whole way, so up to the age of 15, you said? Yeah, up until the age of 15, and then at that age, the FA shut down the centre. Um, I don't know why, but at the time, they was yeah shutting a few centres down, and Norwich happened to be one of them ones that did get shut down. So I, I then had to go back to my local Sunday League boys team, which at the time was like the end of the world for me because I thought, you know, how on earth am I going to get anywhere if I'm playing back in the Sunday League team that I played at when I was four? Yeah. You know, so I think that was tough as well because I was also at that time getting invited to England camps, my first England camps at under 17. So. Yeah. I would play at St George's Park and then the week after I'd be on a sun on a Sunday on a village field. You know, you know, you see them videos of like Sunday league warm ups where they yeah, just yeah. boot the ball at the goal for twenty five minutes. That's <laughs> that's what my warm up was. So like. do you know why it um why it closed down? Um No, I have such a bad memory, but I think it was something to do with talent I'm from Norwich, so it's obviously not really near anything. Yeah. Um I think yeah, it was tough but the, the likes of the players that have come out of that academy are, yeah, not too bad, so. So what was it like then, jumping between St. George's, that's, that's on the league pitch, How, what was that what was that transformation like? Well, it was mental. <laughs> it's like, the, that's why I found, it, I found it tough, to be honest with you, because obviously at one part I was getting that exposure to what it could be like, and then yeah. the next week I was back playing with my schoolmates, so it was kind of like, at that point in my career, I thought, I don't think I'm going to be able to do anything. Like, this is this is me, this is it. Like, I don't see any kind of way out of it, to be honest. How tough was that for you then, sort of mentally? And, Amy, you're, 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 your whole life, in the age of five, has been a centre of excellence at Norwich. Then you're going back to playing Sunday football, Sunday grassroots football. What does that do to a girl of your age? You know, but just for any girls that are listening and who are going through that journey now, what's your advice to them? Yeah, I think at the time I was... I was upset, like it shattered my confidence, you know, since the age of five, I'd always dreamed of being a professional footballer, you know, whenever anyone asked me what I wanted to do is, I want to be a footballer, so 
when that decision was made, to me, it was the end of the world. Looking back now, because I know that there are roots out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. But at that, at that time, it was the end of the world. It Like, yeah, I couldn't think of how I was going to get to where I wanted to get to. Yeah. And then from there, then, so you're back playing the boys. How soon after that did the sort of clubs come knocking? And, you know, how long were you in that, in that sort of position for? Yeah, so to be fair, I only played um, for a year. Uh, so that was kind of when I was in year 11 at high school. And then luckily, a girl a year older than me, Flo Allen, who is now a GM at Norwich, but she moved to Bristol um, to do college sick form kind of thing yeah. and play football alongside it. Um, so after I finished year 11, um, I kind of went to a few different clubs to trial and look at the college setup because um, I wanted to do A-levels as well as playing football because I've always been very like, I need to have my education on the side of playing football. Yeah. So it was important for me to have that balance. Um, so yeah, I went to a few like Reading, Brighton, Bristol. Uh, I think that was about it. But yeah, Bristol took my heart and that's where Flo was as well. So I kind of knew that she was enjoying it a lot. So at the age of 16, I moved to Bristol. Um, Stayed in a host family, did my A-levels, trained with the development squad and also at the time had the opportunity to train up a few times with the first team and kind of get a little taster for that as well. I think that's a very good point we just mentioned there is, is to still concentrate on your education because I bet there's a lot of girls now coming through who obviously want to be a professional footballer but first and foremost education does come first because you never know what's yeah. going to happen do you? Uh huh. Definitely. I think my mum and dad have always instilled that into me, so I've kind of always had that idea. But there's a few girls in in Leicester at the minute, youngsters, and they're like, oh, I've got college on Friday. I'm like, no, nah, go. You need yeah, to go. Yeah, you yeah, need you need to you need to have that on the side because, like you say, you never know what what could happen in football. It's not a long career, so you always need to have something on the side. Yeah, for sure. And then you said mentioning you moved in with a host family. Again, what was that yeah. like for a young girl leaving leaving home, leaving Norwich to Bristol? What was it like then to, yeah. to live with someone else? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I was so lucky. The host family that I stayed in, like I still talk to them now. It was uh, mum and dad, two sons who were, I think, four and six when I went. So I always wanted little brothers. So it was kind of, yeah, it was nice. Um, they came to my games. They really looked after me. Um, so I was lucky with the family that I got. Uh, they really supported me. Obviously, being that far away from home, it's about four, four and a half hours from home. So being that far at such a young age was tough. Um, but yeah, the family that I had were unbelievable. And I'm so glad that I made that move. Yeah, I suppose as well, it, it was probably tough for your parents as well. Their girl blew moving four hours away. It's not as if it's, it's a five minute drive down the road, is it? But yeah, no, exactly. My sister moved to uni at the same time as well. So it was kind of like they would take us to all the clubs under the sun. I, I used to swim, I used to play cricket, I played football, I did everything. Uh, so it was like back and forth every single day of the week to having nothing. So I think, yeah, they did find it tough. But yeah. I, bet, I bet they still were there. Still... We, we were talking about the other day, weren't we, about how much we have to run around. Yeah. After, you know, we, I've got yeah. myself got four kids. Yeah. And, we just, and then go from the two girls leaving house to nothing. nothing. I bet your parents didn't know what to do for themselves, did they? It was crossroads yeah, no, on a I Sunday morning. So. <laughs> 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 just got to watch everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then Bristol started in education going really well. So what's the next stage? And then so what, what was the next sort of platform that you made you think, right, I'm back in the game now. I can I can look towards a career in professional football. Yeah, so I think Bristol have a really good setup where the academy is linked to the college. So it's like SGS college. It's like a sports sports academy. So there's like basketball, American football, table tennis, football, like this every every sport under the sun. And they kind of link it in your timetable. So 
on a Monday I would be in college in the morning but then I'd have training Monday evening Tuesday I'd been in college all day training Tuesday evening and then Wednesday was like matches Thursday nothing like they kind of just worked it out so you were almost training as a full-time athlete yeah, yeah. but also having your education as well and then so I, I was in the devs um solidly for about a year but during that year I also got opportunities to go up to the first team which is Willie Kirk was the first team manager yeah. when I was in the devs at Bristol so that's kind of how that uh, relationship kind of started between myself and Willie um and then there was also at the time Lauren Hemp was in my year at college yeah. um she moved from Norwich with me so we were yeah best best buds there that's and funny. Um, able to obviously train first team as well. Like I said, Flo, the girl who was a year above me, was in first team at the time as well. So there was a few of us that kind of bridged the gap between the Debs and the first team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the team that we had was yeah class. We won the FA um, Development Cup as well that season as well. So yeah, it was it was that, a good little team. What teams would be in that in that development squad? What sort of the teams were would in that uh, league? If you like. Uh, or? everyone like Arsenal, Chelsea, everyone, yeah, Liverpool, yeah. So it it was yeah, it was decent. I think the majority of us were playing England youth age groups at the time as well. So yeah. Yeah, Really, really good side then. And and then so the end progression then up to up to the first team, was that a a quick jump for yourself or was that focus through that progression? Yeah, it was kind of gradual because at the time it was the WSL was split. It was like the spring series and then the other I don't know what the other thing was mm. but when I first went it was when Bristol were in the championship yeah. and that season was when they got promoted so I was kind of never played but I was kind of like in and out of training like kind of watching alongside um, so they got promoted that season and then the spring series so when I would have finished my college year I kind of was starting to get a bit of game time um, I think my debut was against Reading at Ashton Gate at 16 or 17 I can't remember now but yeah that was a pretty surreal moment and then kind of since that day I was kind of training more full time with the first team and getting bits of game time like here and there Your first team at 16 years old that must be a very very proud moment as a 16 year old talk, Yeah talk definitely Talk that day a little bit if you can if you're just the, the, pre- the prep up to that day and you know the nerves settling in or yeah, I think like I was so lucky throughout my whole time at Bristol because of having Flo and Lauren there. Yeah. It was like I all, we were all doing it together for the first time. Or I think Lauren kind of started that journey with the first team a bit earlier than I did. Yeah. Um, but obviously having Flo there to help, she'd been involved a year earlier than us as well. So yeah. she knew exactly what we had to do. And because of being at England as well, we kind of already knew like what it took to be an elite environment because when you're on camp, that is yeah, an elite yeah. environment. Yeah. It's very like you do this, you do this, you do this. So I think luckily I kind of had the experience. I kind of knew what I needed to do anyway. It was just about doing it in a club environment. And because I had the girls there, it was quite quite seamless. Yeah, yeah. So you, go, so you obviously mentioned then that um, on him to come up with you and you, so she broke that pathway first. And then, so when you walked into that dressing room, you're like, right, I know what to do in here. I've been, I've been briefed a little bit what to expect and how, how I'm going to go about my business. And then in your position now, when you're looking back at players that you mentioned before, the young players in the dressing room you might share with now, they're looking up to you, aren't they? So what, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I think like my advice has always been as well about youngsters getting frustrated with game time um and I obviously I've been there I've done that um 
and at times you're still there like it's not easy to get game time these days so it's just about waiting for your opportunity and kind of always having confidence within yourself because football's a tough game I think people who watch on the outside think it's the best job in the world but 24-7 the, the highs and the lows and the emotional side of football is kind of like it's tough so I think it's just always about believing in yourself believing what you can do and just being patient because yeah like I said the highs and lows are very high and far between so you mentioned then obviously everyone every girl well not every girl but millions and millions of girls out there now want to become a professional footballer want to walk the path where you're walking just just briefly go through an average day for a professional footballer at Leicester or in the WSL. What does the day look like? What time do you get up? Is it is it structured or just yeah. talk us through that? Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I'll just give an example of what I did today because yeah. it's easiest for my memory. Yeah, easy to remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I woke up at half eight. You have to fill in your wellness. So how many hours you slept? How you slept? Yeah. How you feeling like mentally, physically? Um, how you feel like ready to train um if you have any soreness anywhere you kind of like put it on a diagram yeah. if you feel tight anywhere uh, then, like that as well. yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly um and then i luckily i live about 10 minute walk from the training ground so then i walk to the training ground at about nine have breakfast or we, we kind of go in our own own clothes we get to the training ground all our kits laid out in um, like little locker kind of things. We grab our kit, get changed, have breakfast, have a meeting. Because um, it's international break, it was a di- bit different today, but usually the meeting would be analysis of the game we've played or the game we're going into, uh, the game plan kind of stuff like that. Then we'll go go down, go to the gym, do pre-ab uh, just to get ourselves ready for training, get our boots on, out to training uh, for an hour and a half, two hours back in gym then lunch then we're done <laughs> then the day's your own for the rest of the day but you put the graph in yeah. the morning and then <clears throat> yeah that's you know it's 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 such an insight isn't yeah. it into yeah. into into what's what goes on behind the scenes so like you mentioned a lot of people just just see the sunday afternoons don't they and think well it's uh-huh. real, but yeah. so much work goes on behind the scenes it's incredible and yeah I think, I think that's what some uh-huh. of the youngsters don't understand because i've had it with daisy some days where it's like oh i have to go tonight it's cold but once you're a professional footballer that ain't that can't happen, can it? You have to go training week yeah. in, week, day in, day out. And then it's just your. Uh... Yeah, we still moan. We still moan about the cold though. Today <laughs> was, still yeah, put that coat I'm on. not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Today it was freezing. But, and then yeah. is your schedule? Is your daily schedule at Leicester? Do they run that alongside the the first team for the men, or is that different? Is that, how do they look? So we're quite we're quite lucky in that we have a whole training ground to ourselves. So the the Leicester team that won the Premier League, we're at the training ground where they were at because obviously they've just built the new one for the men. So we have everything to ourselves. So we don't have to worry about. I've been at previous clubs where it's kind of dictated by what the men are doing because you share you share the gym, you share the canteen, you share a lot of stuff. So this is the first club I've been at where it's like this is ours, we can do what we want when we want, which is, is unbelievable. Um, I think it's probably one of the only ones in the WSL, WSL as well that has that. Um, so yeah, we're quite lucky in that in that sense. So when you get so when you get into work then, the full focus is no waiting around, you, you are literally there and you've got full run yeah. of all facilities. That's class. Yeah. So, so how much training do you put in personally, some extra training for yourself? Because I think uh, you've seen your free kick on the weekend and uh, <laughs> that wasn't a bad strike, was it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, millimetres away from a goal, yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll take the little Priuses, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, 
No, I, I do a lot of um, extras after on my free kicks. Um, and I've started having to do some like head-in stuff as well. Um, the manager's very like, well, if you take five free kicks, you do 10 headers. Because yeah. yeah. like, that's something that I need to work on. So I've been, yeah, that's recently what I've been doing is a lot of um, free kicks and headers. But yeah. Is there much things you used to do growing up to help you a little? Because we spoke a little bit on the podcast in the past about the 1%. Is there uh-huh. any tips that you've got for the for the younger girls coming through now where they can improve on certain aspects of the games or things you used to focus on? Yeah. Uh huh. So when I was at Bristol, um, I was very right footed. This is like when I was 16, kind of 15, 16. Um, and then after I would spend about half an hour just with a bag of balls, just kicking it with my left foot into a goal, just like repetitively, just kicking it with my left foot to try and like, mimic the technique of my left and my right yeah. so now it's it's natural for me to to play with my left foot but before then it was you know when you look a bit awkward when you kick the ball with yeah, your yeah. weak foot that's now to me that's, it's natural that's every time Liam kicks the ball that's every, <laughs> that's every time he kicks it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah that's that's a lot and just I know it sounds silly but like just playing with the lads I think in the playground in the street playing with my dad anytime you play with the ball you, you you gain in skill yeah. and I think something that um, our manager says now is when you when you were that little girl you didn't learn to tackle you learned to play with the ball you learned to dribble you learned to pass yeah. so when you go into a game that's what you need to do like you learn it from such a young age like do it you're confident enough to do it that's what you've been learning your whole life yeah. to do right so go back then to uh, jump back to your career then so Bristol and then you moved then from, from Bristol where did you go after that um, so I moved from Bristol to Man United. Um, I was it was actually the day before my A level exam. Um, Willie Kirk just found out that he'd got the assistant job there, and he called me and he said, "Oh, what do you think about coming?" And I was like, "Whoa!" Like obviously, I was just doing my chemistry. I was just not even <laughs> didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'd already had my whole kind of well, I was going to go to uni in Gloucester. I was gonna continue with with Bristol and I, I said at the time I was like, oh like I'm not sure like and he said just come visit and then we'll decide after that so I go with my mum and dad first thing Old Trafford I get a gift bag of like a hoodie I can't even remember what was in it but I was like what is going on like <laughs> in a boardroom at Old Trafford um and then we walked uh, we went to the training ground um where the women trained at the time um lee sports village which is like where they play their yeah. games now took me around all the pitches took me to the stadium and i was like whoa so, <laughs> i can't say no to this <laughs> so that was it once you've seen that then once you had that experience then it was quite an easy decision to make then yeah 100 percent. okay so your first day at united then what was it like walking in with, with the girls what was it like yeah it was a bit weird actually because when I joined United it wasn't nobody knew who was joining because it was kind of like this is the yeah yeah, it was a new team so the first time I'd met everyone it was very much like undercover like we did a load of like video shoots a load of photo shoots like out and about in Manchester and I remember the day that it got posted I got about 10,000 followers on Instagram because I got tagged in one of the the Man United men's pick, like post and I was like what is going on like <laughs> I'm used to just having my mates from school liking my posts and now I've got 10,000 people I was like what like my head just could not <laughs> comprehend what was going on and I didn't realise the size of the club until 
that point like before I was like oh like Man United this is going to be pretty cool but when that happened I was like okay this is legit like this is legit now I take it you didn't know anybody did you know the squad prior to signing um I heard rumors but not until I was in in with the girls did I actually know uh like who was there um I kind of knew of people from England and uh, Millie Turner was there as well yeah. who I was at Bristol with so I knew of people but yeah it was very much kept under wraps that, that must have been like an episode of the Big Brother yeah, just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're waiting for the door to open who's <laughs> coming in next where are you from yeah. where are you from so so then brand new team then how long did it take you to get integrated into you know knowing each other's games to, was it a slow start to the season how did it work out yeah I think well for me it was just crazy like Alex Greenwood was there and like as a kid I'd watch the Lionesses all the time like whenever I could and like I'd go I went to Wembley when England played Germany like must have been about 2015 like yeah back in the day and and we always used to be like oh like she's so good she's so good and then I remember texting my mate like oh my god like I'm in the same team as Alex Greenwood like what the (laughs) hell um, but yeah, I think it took a took a few weeks and stuff. But that's what preseason's for. I think it's the same with with every team that I've joined now. Um, with the amount of new people that join, it's always about getting to know each other. We did a lot of like team bonding stuff at United as well to not only get to know each other's footballing wise, but off the pitch as well. Because to me, that's a massive part of the game. Yeah, because we we did speak going back to you saying about the the Instagram uh, followings. We we were speaking about that yesterday uh, last week, wasn't mm. we? About how now every Premier League club and, and lower they all they integrate the women's team with it and so all the posters the photo shoots now all the women's game is all is all linked in with the men's isn't it which is fantastic for the women's uh-huh. game yeah definitely I think it obviously comes with a bit of you know not nice comments and stuff yeah. some some of the time but I think that's all part of it you know getting us out there and I think in time it will become very normal yeah. I think that's something another touch on why we did start this podcast because as as the girls got recognised a little bit more in the, in our local area, that's when more of the negative comments come. Even at 11, 11 years old, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big thing in the game, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, luckily for me, I've never really had, had much of it. But I think, yeah, when I, going back to when I joined United again, and I think the men posted a few stuff and the next... I used to, like, look at it, go scroll down to the replies, which was probably stupid of yeah, me. Yeah. But I remember there was, like someone had like edited faces onto this like women like doing like kitchen stuff like yeah, yeah. ironing or something like that and you're just like oh my god like yeah, it's people people that don't know anything about women's football probably yeah. never watch the game and probably know nothing about football in general so you take it with a pinch of salt yeah. but yeah but it just shows though you know even Amy Palmer you know not not even in WSL at that point but you know even that yeah you still getting a, a still player getting. of Manchester United is getting that it's just yeah. unbelievable isn't it? yeah it's, it's, it's uh-huh. we've, heard, yeah. we've heard things in the streets like I wouldn't watch that on the telly and I wouldn't watch that on the telly and it's just there's just no need for it and I just don't understand why they think it's okay to say it. Yeah, no, definitely. And you're, uh, you're certainly uh, you're certainly proving the critics wrong, aren't you, by the way the game's growing at the moment. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that season, that first season United then, that was in the Championship um, and yeah. you, you went and won that first year out? Yeah, went and won that. Yeah, I think there was a lot of pressure on us obviously because they'd put so much money into to the club um, and obviously having someone like Alex Greenwood in the championship was kind of yeah. a bit mental anyway so yeah it, it, it was a lot of pressure on us but we got the job done. Did you find that being being 
wearing that Man United badge on, on your shirt <coughs> in the Championship, do you feel do you sort of target teams wanted to go every week you have to raise your game because teams wanted to beat Man United and maybe, oh, here's a big-time girls, here they come now, all that jazz, was that about? Yeah, I think so. But I think back then in the Championship, it was very much like, as bad as it sounds, like you would know who you were coming up against next week and you'd be like, okay, like I think we'll win this one quite easily. Now the Championship, we don't have a clue who's going to win. It's so tight now. Back back four or five years ago, it was kind of like you had your top two, three teams and you thought, oh, that'll be a tough game, that'll be a tough game. But, you know, the bottom four or five, you kind of knew that back then. Yeah. But now the difference is crazy, even from three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What was the attendance three or four years ago? At the least I think, yeah, definitely not what it is now. No. I think our league games, it was just the, the stand above the dugouts was... Yeah half full maybe three quarters yeah. full but the fans at United are mad yeah. they're so mm. loud constantly singing and I think in the championship I was like whoa like this is crazy yeah. as well because I've never had that before you know so yeah the fans that kind of were there from the beginning still there to this day but there's the whole stadium now yeah, is yeah. full it's how, uh, the back it's uh, safe stand in the back of that stadium isn't it uh-huh. yeah. yeah yeah and then talking of fans Amy the girl the, the the WSL players and the championship players are so generous with their time after the game. We've been yeah, to we've been to loan games. Is that becoming really difficult for you guys to? Because the crowds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Is that getting really hard for you guys? If you walk around now and meet, because everyone wants to meet you, everyone wants uh-huh. to sign autographs, everyone wants pictures with you. How hard is that becoming now for you as players? Yeah, I think um, obviously the lionesses, the the girls that were we're in the Euros in the World Cup it's like crazy for them uh, I think when I was at Bristol last season we played Man City in the Cup and they were shouting their name shouting, shouting, shouting and, but I think that's the difference between the women's and the men's game like you have that interaction with the fans in the women's game and I think that's so important because like we were once them girls yeah. in the crowd watching so I think it's so important to have them interactions to kind of show like you can be here as well mm-hmm. I know and I think the men's game is very much like, in my opinion, it's kind of like we're above we're above yeah. this kind of thing. But the women's game is still so humble and so grounded that, of course, it's tough because there are so many fans. But even at Chelsea on the weekend, like the likes of LJ and that still, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes after the game going round, yeah. making sure everyone who's called their names gets seen to. I think, yeah, it's, it's class. Is that Lauren James, LJ? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> And then, so, yeah, and I, just, I just noticed what um, I was uh, we were talking before and, and we, what Man City have done now, I don't know if you're aware of what Man City done with their fans, yeah, is yeah. The, the blue cards. It's, um, uh-huh. yeah, so if you're handed a blue card during the game, you're guaranteed, guaranteed to meet one of the players. If you haven't been given one, unfortunately, you can make your way home because you're not going to meet one. But I think that's, uh-huh. you have to do something like that because yeah. you can't, you can't meet, can't go on forever, can you? can't meet 12,000, 15,000 people, it's, you know, and sign it, you know, and then the girls got upset, oh, she didn't come and say hello to me and then, then you see the, the bad press at Medi got yeah. she had to respond uh, to that. So there was, yeah. a, there was another one I seen doing the rounds on Twitter the other day because I think um I'm not sure who it was, but I think it was might have been Chloe Kelly never high fived this kid. And it's like I don't uh, understand why this this little game's coming now where yeah. everybody has to record and, and, and give bad press because the girls aren't now all of a sudden, you know, starting twelve hours. Yeah. 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 I think like you say, like if 
there was, I don't know, a hundred people, it'd be so easy for everyone to go around. Yeah, but yeah. like you said, I think that that clip was at Old Trafford. It was, yeah. That's a, it was a sellout. Yeah. You can't expect, <laughs> you can't expect these players to wait to, to see every single person because yeah. I know equally they have to go recover. I think obviously potentially had a midweek game that week yeah. as well. It's so important to get your, your fluids in, your, your carbs in, but obviously people that aren't in football don't aren't aware of that and aren't aware of kind of the processes that have to take yeah. place after that final whistle goes straight that's away a, as well. That's a very, very, very good point, that. Yeah. That I bet no one has actually ever considered that would be an issue, reason why they do actually go back into the change room as quick as they can uh-huh. is to get everything back on board and their schedule yeah. back on, on track. Because uh-huh. you, you've got yeah. your backroom staff at left and they'll, they'll now giving you absolutely, where are you? Come on, you, you're on the schedule to yeah. be here and you're still out two and a half hours later signing, you know, which is... But it's important that the the, the fans yeah. need to know that the, the WSL yeah. players have to get wins and and, yeah. and recoup. Yeah. You know? And then so back in bouncing back to the field again, <laughs> we get sidetracked all the time on this podcast. Don't worry about yeah. it. Um, career wise, so United won the league and then they got yeah. promoted and then you left. Yeah. What was the reason for you? I leaving? stayed but went on loan. Went on loan. Um, yeah. So we went on a pre-season tour to Norway and like. By then, I think Alex had left. Alex Greenwood had left at that point um, to go to Man City. But we brought in Jackie Gronan, Hayley Ladd, I think, at this point. I can't remember everyone, but it was it was kind of like becoming clear, like, oh, this is going to be tough for me to get game time here now. Like, the, Jackie Gronan just won, I don't know, I can't remember if it was the Euros or the World Cup or whatever it was um, at that point. Um, so Casey kind of pulled me and just said, like, we want you to train with us still, but we want you to go to Chef Chef United, get game time there. And it was the best thing. Like at the time I was upset because I thought, oh, like my time here is now kind of done. Like can't really see myself getting back in. But but yeah, the best thing I've ever done. Training with world class players every single day of the week and then getting ninety minutes every single week as well. Yeah. Um I trained once a week with Chef, but the other days with United. Yeah, and then playing playing ninety minutes week in week out was the best thing that was ever happened. Like in my career, like it was such an important part because at that age I needed to get game time as well. I think there's points in your career where you kind of have to sacrifice being at a big club and sitting on a bench yeah. and playing for the champ side and getting minutes in the tank, kind of thing. How many players in in that squad were doing the same as you, or were you the only one? Um. I was the only one at that point and then I left in the January because funny story but Tooney got a red card I think so they had to bring me back in case because they needed people you know like um, that's what the squad depth is for you know um, it was just unfortunate that I was doing well at Chef at the time yeah. but as I came back um, Molly Green and um, Emily Ramsey went um, so yeah they had a good relationship with, with Sheffield and the girls that went loved it yeah yeah Right. So then, so then you're back then in, in the January, and then how long were you were there then before you moved back to Bristol? Yeah, so that was when COVID hit as well. That year was COVID, so I was at United um, when they were in the WSL, but I didn't make. I don't know if I even made an appearance that year for United. Um, so I kind of knew coming into that summer that that would have the end of the road for me. Kind of there, um, Casey called me and just said like, look. It's, yeah we want you to kind of go go elsewhere because you're not in the plans pretty much which yeah. it was hard to hear because it's not nice being told that you're not wanted yeah. but was it but as brutal, again, was it, was it brutal as that was it literally brutal as that you're not in the plans 
yeah you're not in the plans um obviously I, I can't remember word for word but she helped me so much after that talking to clubs and oh why don't you try here why don't you try here kind of thing yeah. um but like at the time obviously it was tough um because when you're at a club like united you kind of want to be there for the rest of your life it's a massive be, club exactly um and the the way that the club went about stuff with the women as well at that time was unbelievable and it kind of gave me a taste of what i wanted for the rest of my career yeah if that makes sense so yeah it was tough but during that time it's covid as well so i was home so luckily i had the support of my family around me um but i spoke to flo who was still at bristol and she was like oh like i think i think tanya wants you so then a few conversations happened and i spoke to tanya and it was nice to kind of go from a coach who didn't really see me like a future with me at the club to talking to a coach who was like I love this about your game. I love this about your game. You're going to fit in really well yeah. with this team, which was really nice for me to hear. And also going back to the place, which I loved, mm. um, knew the city, knew a lot of the girls still because they were still there from where I was previously. So for me, it was a no brainer. Go there. They were still in the WSL at this point as well. Yeah. So it was kind of just a no brainer for me to try and get more game time and kind of show what I could do in the WSL. Cause I never really got that chance before. Yeah. How did you find the, the step up into the WSL at the time? Was it a, Big gap. I suppose you've been playing with world class players and training every week with United, but then obviously every game day, I bet it was different. Yeah. So luckily, when I was still at Bristol in that first stint, they were in the WSL then. So I did kind of get exposed yeah. to it. But as I said, every single year the standard just goes up and up and up. So it was also tough, obviously, going from a team like United to a team like Bristol. The funding was so different then. Yeah. Um, we were still training at SGS, but. Uh, at the time COVID as well we didn't have changing rooms we had like a white tent outside where we'd put our bags a porter cabin for a toilet um, <laughs> and just like minging meals from the college as well so it was kind of like going from luxury I've, I've, I've tasted the sweet side <laughs> to this and I was like oh like, this is tough this is tough but um, that's like obviously not a sacrifice because I loved I loved my time uh, that season there. Um, but yeah, it was it was very different. Mm. And then you got relegated that year, didn't you? Back to the championship with Bristol. Did they go down that year? Yeah, it was a tough year yeah. personally as well. I got injured that year quite badly, so it was a tough year um, for all of us involved. I think Tanya left in the January as well, and Matt Beard came in, um, and then I went from playing quite a lot to not getting many minutes after my injury so it was quite a tough season for me um we ended up being quite close to staying up to be honest as well but i think it was the best thing for the club to kind of go down and realize oh we need to we need to invest to actually help the girls out here because we didn't really give them anything i remember the first game of the season was against chelsea 12 12 o'clock midday kickoff we left at 6 a.m that morning to travel which nowadays is ridiculous yeah, because you would just stay over the night before, but they didn't have the funds. So it was like, that was kind of what we were playing with. Do you, How do you expect us to be... travelling down at six in the morning for a game? We, we left at 6am to get to the game. And I think we got popped about 8 nil that game. But what do you expect? <laughs> what do you yeah. expect? I've been eating my breakfast on a bus. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Called a co-op for real deal. Yeah, literally. That's, that's, that's like stories like you just don't hear of, do you? No, you know, literally, no. so the game's no, come so exactly. far, hasn't yeah. it? The game's come so far in such a short space of time. Again, yeah. thanks to players like yourself that are, that have paved that pathway. Yeah. And then back into that season, then, so the season, pre season goes well, you go back into the championship, have another storming season. 
yeah yeah it was a good season um I was I th- was I ca- I think I was captain that season yeah, as yeah. well so it was a big yeah big big honor and kind of showed a lot of I guess I was still young I think I was yeah. 20 21 at that time so to kind of have that belief from the club that I could help lead them back up was was nice and I think I've always kind of seen myself as a leader as well. So to be given the chance to kind of not just lead from the back, but lead from the front was was really nice. And yeah, we did well. I think we shocked a lot of people. Um, My ambition was always to go back up because I didn't want to be in the champ. I think on a personal level as a player, I've always wanted to play in the WSL, um, selfishly or not, that I didn't want to be at a club in the champ. So I was always driving the come on like we're going to get promoted we need to win kind of driving that standard but uh got injured again that season uh towards the end um which was tough because we went from being in a really good position to I think we finished third that season so it was a good season because I think there was maybe three or four of us that were stayed from the season before so it was a completely new team new manager new dynamic so yeah it, it was Obviously, selfish. I wanted to get promoted that season, but I think for the club and for everyone, it was kind of best that it was kind of like an incremental thing. Yeah, and I think that season was just preparation for the season after when you yeah. went on to uh, to lift it again for the second time as captain. Yeah, no, it was uh, obviously we started the season off well, and I think we kind of all knew that this was the season for us. And in my opinion, Bristol City as a club should be in the WSL. I think the history of the women's team, which not many people know, they've played in the Champions League. They've played against people like Barcelona. I don't think many people know that. So they definitely deserve to be there. But again, it was a tough season for me. I kind of went out of favour with the manager. um, So I didn't get much game time towards the end kind of personal off the pitch reasons for that but I learned a lot on and off the pitch um, but yeah I, I owe a lot to Bristol and kind of how they developed me as, as a player and a person definitely and yeah like I said Bristol deserved to be in the WSL so it was an important season for the club yeah, they, they've, they've grown massively haven't they Four, was it 14,000 at the at the Bristol ground last, last week at Manchester United wasn't it yeah, yeah, I think as well, like playing at Ashton Gate, the same stadium as the men. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful stadium, beautiful pitch. So I think even the likes of that is just shows how far the women's games come. Yeah. It's unbelievable. We keep saying it every yeah, yeah. podcast, don't yeah, yeah. but it, 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 it yeah. is unbelievable. So then, so then you've, you've, you've won it again second time, you, but then you leave Bristol. Why, yeah. Le- why Leicester? And now I do know. Because I, I had a conversation with uh, lovely Freya, but so I, the way I was told by your by your agent Freya, who is well, let's talk about Freya for a minute because Freya is is brilliant. Yeah. So when when you play the level you play at in WSL, you're obviously surrounded with yeah. with agents, and I think agents get a really sort of bad name, don't they? But we've been dealing with Freya yeah. on this podcast, on this podcast, and she reached out to us. And three things I'd say about Freya: one, is she absolutely loves the women's game inside out that's what comes across crystal clear two she, uh-huh. can, she can talk mm-hmm. and talk yeah and three <laughs> yeah, I'm talk. And, and three I think it comes across really clear she, she doesn't treat yourself or the place you represent as, as a business transaction it's a personal level and it, it comes across so yeah. clear so how does she help you uh-huh. know, what, how important it is to have someone like Frey in your corner for all the off, off-field activities yeah so 
just a little backstory. So Freya worked at Bristol previously mm-hmm. um, in like the media department. So we were quite like we were mates before she was my agent anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I had an agent before um, before Freya. And I think it's so important like that you pick the right person for you. Um, I knew Freya was kind of going into the agency thing. So we just had a conversation after a game once and I was like, sort me out like come on you you sort me out um so from that moment then um obviously finished the season at Bristol um and she helped massively with with ending that season and kind of allowing me to pursue something else um we it's obviously tough for her because you, you try and talk to x amount of teams um we went to look at a few places, had so many calls with so many different clubs, um, but she knew my heart was in the WSL. Yeah. But the thing with WSL right now is that a lot of clubs are looking internationally. I thought it was going to be quite easy to get a few offers, but it was tough. Um, yeah, it was really tough. So me and Freya went down to, to Leicester, obviously. Thankfully, Willie Kirk is there. So yeah. that was my... Yeah. Yeah. Willie yeah. yeah. comes back again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I knew that he believed in me from a young age and he's always told me that from the age of 16 that he sees such high potential in me. So I was kind of hoping that he would still have that kind of perception of me. Um, So we went to the training ground, got, he showed us round and we sat in the meeting. Uh, He's so clear. He's such a good manager and he's so black and white and he had like a formation of like an 11 aside pitch with, xyz we want to get this person we're trying to get this person we want you but we want this person as well so if we don't get this person we might not be able to get you it was like he was so black and white with it but that's kind of how it worked um and it was like a massive waiting game to be honest it was kind of like texting Freya, have you heard anything or have you heard anything i had a call with willie and um he was like, I'm still not sure about it. And it was kind of getting to a point where I was like, if I have all my eggs in this basket yeah. and it turns out to be a no, then I, I'm not in a good place. Yeah, yeah. But um, Freya was like, no, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Like we'll still have conversations elsewhere, but this is number one. Yeah. And I believe everything happens for a reason kind of thing. I've always believed that. Um, and then, yeah, I got the call and happy days. Yeah, happy days. And then, <laughs> What yeah. Did, but then your opening game for Leicester then, who was that against? Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol City. Written now. in the stars. Written, Written in the stars. stars. Now, did you know that before you signed for Leicester or was that something that came after? Uh, no, but me and Freya joked about it. Uh, obviously, she's Bristol born and bred, yeah, so yeah. she was like, oh, my my alliances are split here. <laughs> um, but yeah, on that day, I'm sure she was Leicester through and through. Brilliant. And how is life at Leicester, Amy? How are you getting on? What's the, what's the team speed? What the girls like, dressing wise? What's the club like? Yeah, I think um, it was kind of a shock for me because I... Because of the World Cup, it was kind of drip drip fed into one week. There was, I don't know, like nine people. And then the next week, a few from the World Cup would come back and kind of kind of like that. So it wasn't until maybe a couple of weeks before the season started that we were actually all together as one. Um, but from the start, like I knew of a lot of the girls and I just knew that I was in the right place for me, like environment wise and maturity levels as well it's quite not an old team but there's a lot of older players where I was at Bristol I was one of the older ones um so it was kind of nice to be back to being a youngster I would say um in the situation because just looking at how the girls are and also having that 
time at United as well like I said I, I knew what I wanted from my football at that point and this felt so similar to what I had there but equally it was like a family and like I think every team at the start always says oh it's one family togetherness and all this but this is the first time genuinely I've we've been through defeats we've been through tough times and every time we stick together we come out stronger I've never heard a bad word said by anyone about anyone which is so rare in yeah. football you spend 24-7 with each other we have one day off a week so we're to, we're on top of each other 24-7 yeah. and there's never any little comments anywhere or snidey remarks like we are such a together team and everyone's always so happy for each other um, playing or if you're on the bench you do everything you can in the weeks to prepare that team um, after the Bristol game I didn't play for a few weeks but I genuinely at another club I potentially would have been getting annoyed and impatient but at Leicester because the girls are doing well I don't care like I want to play of course I want to play I, I want to play football that's what I've wanted ever since I was young but for this club all I care about is the team doing well which selfishly I've not really had before yeah. obviously I've wanted teams to do well but I've wanted to play but here I want the girls to do well and I want the team to do well which is which that culture is to be able to create that is yeah. quite special does that come from the manager because I know you've worked with him a, a few times and he knows your game and you know his the way he wants to play does that come from him does he set them boundaries and them standards yeah, definitely. I think um, he's kind of like, in the modern game, he is a manager. Whereas yeah. before I've had managers who are kind of more like head coaches, he is a manager. So the the staff do the training. He's always there, but he won't take the sessions. He's kind of just watching. Yeah. But he will manage. He's such a good people manager. And he kind of knows exactly what to say at the right time to keep everyone always on board. Um, so he has tough conversations in front of everyone. But I think as well, that's kind of how we all work so well together. Um, but yeah, it definitely stems down from him. And then your, uh, the targets for the season, have you set, did, are you allowed to tell us your targets or are they kept kept to yourselves? Or Yeah, I can tell you the, the ones that we've told everyone. So we want to finish top half. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we can we not have an exclusive? You're not going to give us an exclusive <laughs> nah, here? Nah, nah. I'll, get, I'll get my hand slapped. <laughs> nah, we... <laughs> We've, we want to finish top half yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we've kind of said like a lot of people in our team have said how far we kind of want to go we've never said oh we want to finish sixth fifth like the sky's the limit for us like yeah we want to finish top half but I think you can see from the results that we've already had this season that we're not just here to muck around yeah. you know beat Man City in the Conny Cup last week yeah. we've been 2-0 up against the likes of Arsenal Man City yeah. had a close 3-2 at Chelsea last week at half time like we're not just little Leicester City anymore yeah, yeah. like we, we want to to make the numbers exactly we, compete, we, yeah. We, yeah we believe we can take points of every team in, in the league and I think to have that belief compared to potentially what they had last year is very different but yeah the sky's the limit I think and I think yeah. we've yeah. kind of shown already this season that that is going to happen. And we wish you all the best for yeah, the season as well. Leicester. Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate To finish <laughs> off, Amy, we do it with all our guests. We're going to do it with you now. I'm expecting a decent team. Oh, are you? We yeah, always yeah. finish off, Amy, with your strongest seven-a-side team with players that you've played with. So the only players that you've been involved in on and played with, seven-a-side. Do you want to handle the formation or do you know what you're playing? I'm going two at the back, three in midfield, striker. Keeper. That's seven, isn't it? That's I don't seven. know. Yeah, we'll get seven. Seven. Yeah. seven. Go on, yeah. then start with your keeper. Who are you having? 
So Kiefer, Sophie Bagley, I think, to be honest, I think there's a few people in my seven that are very underrated. She is so underrated. She's quite small, but like the way she springs, oh my God, it's yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm going baggers in goal. Yeah. Then centre-backs, I'm going Amy Turner and Sophie Howard. When I was at United, I always said Amy T is the best centre-back I've ever seen, yeah. ever played with, probably ever will play with, because she was, her and Millie Turner were kind of compared to like Ferdinand and Vidic. Yeah. <laughs> she, would, she would go through a brick wall. She would, the timing of her challenges, like she was just kind of like a traditional centre-back and I loved that. She was and the same the with Howard. The two, yeah, yeah. And the same <laughs> with Howard, like she's, she would head a brick wall. Like she would, yeah, she's her. They're very similar in the, in the way that they are. But I love that about centre backs when they just go through people. I would not want to go against them, but <laughs> they go through people. They do not care. So they're, um, making, they're making the team. Two centre backs are in there. Okay, midfielders. Yeah, midfielders. I'm putting myself in there. I know we've had this discussion already, but I want to be part of my team. So do you know what? Do you know what? La- last time, <laughs> if someone put themselves in, mm. we, we said no, you can't. But no. team, if you're playing WSL, we'll we'll not yeah. argue. We'll keep you in. You can, you can stay in. Okay. Well, I'll I'll go in, but I'll have Tooney there as well as a sub in if I'm not allowed in. Tooney or me. Yeah, and then I'll go LJ, so Lauren James in midfield as well. I I think she speaks for herself. I don't really need to explain that one. She's unbelievable. Like, the best player in the world, in my opinion. Could you see that from your time with her? Yeah. Yeah, God. she, She, like made everything look so easy, but you could never get the ball off her. It was impossible. I, I still say to this day, if she wanted to, she could pick the ball up from the goalie and dribble through everyone and score. Like, she is that good. She could do that. Like, genuinely do that. Um, so I'm going LJ and then Just I'm going Hayley Ladd. Just on LJ again there. Sorry to cut you off, Amy. Yeah. LJ there. On, on that red card, on a personal level, you know we're on a, on a personal level. Were you worried for her after that red card? or? Uh, I think... The only thing is worrying is because she's young. Yeah. But other than that, she's so mature and like she's been around football for so long as well, like with her brother and her dad and stuff. So in I wasn't worried about her coming back unconfident because she's unreal. Like naturally her ability is unbelievable. So I think she could have, I don't know, a bad game for her, but it would still be a ten out of ten for someone yeah. else. Like I think she's she's that good. She has more talent than some of the, the lads in the actual Premier League, didn't he? Yeah, technically, technically I agree. Yeah. I think she's unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I'm going LJ and then Haley Ladd. I'm putting in there as well. So underrated, so so underrated, but she's unbelievable. Um, oh, Welsh. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then up top I'm going Lauren Hemp. Just I think again speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, Pure pace, left foot, right foot goals. Um, yeah, good, good to see you back. Yeah. Good to see you back as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Took one of the top in right, right foot on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair play, Found absolutely brilliant. Well, Amy, I'm on, we cannot thank you enough for the for giving up your time to spend with us, with us here on this girl can play. It's been a real honour. Have you enjoyed your time with us? We've been all right. Yeah, and no, that's been class. Thank you for having me. No, no problem at thank all. You, thank you for thank you very very much for coming on. Yeah, we really really appreciate it. And you passed on some valuable knowledge there to millions of girls, which will yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So we finish off with that's Leon Pickwood, that's Andy Hughes, and this, this girl, girl can play. play. If you liked what you heard here today on this girl can play, 
please like and subscribe on the links below and follow us on all our social media platforms.